Welcome everyone to Wellbeing Wednesdays. I am your host, Courtney Weaver. I'm all by my lonesome once again today, and so I thought I would take the time to talk a little bit about something that you might have heard of before, but maybe don't know too much about. It's kind of become one of those terms that's bandied about in society and doesn't always apply when it is applied. So we're actually going to talk about something called gaslighting. And so why are we talking about it? Well, basically because April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, and it's also really an opportunity to talk about all forms of gender-based violence. And gaslighting in particular is psychological and emotional abuse and can occur in romantic relationships, but can also occur in other types of relationships too. So friendships, in your family, with coworkers, in your classmates, with politics. So it's definitely not limited to romantic relationships. So all of the information that I'm going to share with you today is from a great book by Dr. Stephanie Moulton Sarkis, who has her PhD. And the book is called Gaslighting, Recognize Manipulative and Emotionally Abusive People and Break Free. So let's dive in. Okay, so first up, what does gaslighting mean? So gaslighting was added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2004 as a kind of psychological manipulation. And according to dictionary.com, gaslighting means to cause a person to doubt his or her sanity through the use of psychological manipulation. Now, since it was only added in 2004, you might think, oh, it's kind of a new thing, but it's not. Uh, There's actually a movie from 1944, which was based on a play from 1938 called Gaslight, and it starred Ingrid Bergman from, you know, Casablanca and Charles Boyer. And the movie details a husband trying to convince his wife that she is going crazy, that she's losing things that are precious to her, that she's hearing and seeing things that aren't there, thinking that the lights are flickering when he claims they are not. And it turns out it was all just a setup to gaslight her. So gaslighting is actually practiced equally by all genders, although you're more likely to hear about male gaslighters, as a lot of times for the behavior of other genders, it's not taken as seriously as it should be. So keep that in mind too. Gaslighters use manipulation to gain control over others. So as Dr. Moulton Sarkis says in her book, there is no higher good to this kind of influence. The manipulation is usually slow and insidious, and someone who's experiencing it, like, may not realize how bad it has gotten until they have, like, an aha moment, or when your family or your friends confront you, or something really bad happens. Like, a lot of times a gaslighter might interfere and be instrumental in getting you fired from your job, for example. So gaslighters really want you off-center and questioning your reality, because when you're questioning your reality, what you're doing is you're relying more on their quote, correct, unquote version of reality. And hence, because you're dependent on them, they have more control over you. Because at the end of the day, power and control is really what they're after. So we're not going to be able to cover everything in this book because, you know, you probably don't want to listen to a 20-hour podcast. But today what we're going to talk about was we're going to talk about the characteristics of gaslighters. So these are behaviors that you might see in um, whatever type of relationship that this behavior might show up in. And then give you a few quick uh, tips and tricks at the end to sort of help you extricate yourself from that kind of situation. These characteristics aren't a clinical definition and they're not a definitive list, but when enough of these qualities are present, present and persistent in a person, chances are you're dealing with a gaslighter. And so that's the thing, like they're consistent and persistent. 
So first up, one of the first characteristic is that the apologies of a gaslighter are always conditional. I know that I've experienced this in my life, like when someone says, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Because when you say something like that, it seems like they're apologizing because they're acknowledging your feelings, but they're actually taking no responsibility for their own behavior. And usually they'll only apologize to get something out of you. But even then, when you look closely, it's not a genuine apology. A second thing they might do is they might use triangulation and splitting. And both of these are techniques to help drive a wedge between you and other people. So triangulation, the definition of that is that it's a psychological term for communicating with someone through other people. So like through mutual friends or through coworkers, a sibling or another parent to get a message across. And then splitting uh, is basically just pitting people against one another. So an example would be lying to one friend friend about another saying that like a mutual friend had said something bad about them. Now to avoid kind of falling into believing this, Dr. Molensarkis says to follow this simple rule. So basically, unless a person says something to you directly, assume that what you are told was said about you by that person is not true. So another characteristic is that gaslighters will use blatant attempts to curry favor. So they're really good at buttering people up. So they'll use false flattery to get what they want from you. Um, but once they get whatever it is that they're after, that mask of niceness drops away. So like you can probably tell if their friendliness or niceness, niceness seems forced or phony. So if you get that feeling in your gut, be on the lookout. Another thing is that they expect special treatment. So they feel that social rules, things like politeness, respect, and patience don't apply to them because they're above it all. So basically, if, for example, your romantic partner expects you to, when they come home at six o'clock, to have the house clean and dinner on the table, and if they and if you don't have it, then they kind of like fly off the handle, that would that's an example of that type of behavior. Another thing that gaslighters do is they mistreat people who have less power. Always, always, always beware of someone who treats, you know, servers like at restaurants like crap because it's never a good thing. And also take note of how they talk about children and animals. And then you also might find that they have road rage issues, which sort of stem from like wanting to be all powerful on the road. Another characteristic is they, gaslighters tend to use your weaknesses against you. So usually in the beginning of a relationship, a gaslighter will make you feel very safe and very special. And so that gets you to tell them a lot of like personal and vulnerable stuff about you, you know, which is totally normal in, you know, what we think of as a healthy relationship. But the thing is the gaslighter won't reveal as much about themselves to you and the information that you've shared will soon be used against you. So for example, if you shared with the gaslighter that you have a really troubling relationship with a family member, like your sister, for example, then a few weeks or months down the road, they're like, oh, no wonder your sister doesn't like you uh, because you're pulling this kind of stuff. So that would be an example of when they use their we your weakness against you. Gaslighters will also compare you to other people. So if um, a gaslighter is a parent, a classic 
example of this would be like one child is the golden child and can do no wrong and the other one is the scapegoat and basically all blame for anything that happens in the home goes on to this child and that drives a wedge between those children and has like major effects on their sibling relationship and then so really that's what it is it's using that comparison as a way of driving a wedge between people thus gaining more control over that person Another thing is that gaslighters are obsessed with their accomplishments. Like, they'll boast about things that they've accomplished, no matter how long ago it was. It could have been like, I was employee of the month. And you're like, oh, really, when? And they're like, 10 years ago. And they're like, they don't even work at that job anymore. Um, like, but if you don't react, like, with excitement, enthusiasm, or praise, when they tell you, they'll, like, badger you until you do. And really along with that is that gaslighters prefer to associate with people who do fawn over them. So they'll associate with folks who put them on a pedestal and they'll never really associate with anyone who calls them out on their behavior. Cause remember they don't want to take responsibility for their behavior. So they want everyone around them to think that they can do no wrong. Gaslighters will also tend to put you in a double bind. And what that is, is that it's a situation in which you're forced to choose between two undesirable options or you're given conflicting messages. So an example of this is weight is always something that gaslighters tend to pick on. So, for example, if someone is telling you that you need to lose weight, um, but then presents you with three different desserts after dinner, that's a double bind situation because it's a no win. And so these emotional dilemmas cause uncertainty, which is a sign to the gaslighter that they have control over you. Another thing is that gaslighters are obsessed with their image. They tend to spend a large amount of like money on grooming products and a lot of time looking at themselves in the mirror. Uh, and perfection is really their goal, even though it is impossible to attain. And on, on the flip side, they're obsessed also with your image. So they can become very particular about the way that you look. And again, body weight tends to be a big target for those who gaslight. Another thing gaslighters do is that they con people. They want to see how much they can swindle you, both emotionally or financially. And they're actually not as smart as they think they are. They'll openly brag about their cons. And it's actually one of the things that can lead to their downfall. So that's kind of a silver lining. Another thing is that gaslighters cause fear in others. So when family and friends of the gaslighter experience retaliation that occurs from them, like they learn to fear them and avoid confronting them at all costs, regardless of the situation. And then along those same lines, gaslighters tend to have a bad temper, you know, because generally they have fragile egos. So they feel that they are owed loyalty by others and any behavior against them is taken personally and can have quite disastrous consequences. And the thing is, this bad temper won't show up right away. They'll still have it, but they'll sort of be able to mask it and keep it quiet to keep up that sort of facade of perfection. But eventually, something's going to happen. The mask will slip, and it can be quite startling when it's witnessed for the first time. Another characteristic is that punishment has no effect on them. So that's due to a potentially different neuron firing pattern that happens in their brain than a normal person when they're disciplined or punished. And so what that means is that rewards may not work on them either. So that means overall that they're more likely to do their own thing without concern about the reactions of others. 
Another thing they do is they gaslighters practice what's called cognitive empathy. So basically what that means, they're faking it. They're faking empathy to lure you in. They want to make you feel like they understand your feelings, but they don't. And you can likely tell if you pay attention and if their affect is kind of flat or it feels forced, they're faking it. And then gaslighters also refuse personal responsibility. It is always someone else's fault. It is never their fault. It is always someone else's fault. And they think that they are the only normal person and everyone else is, quote, crazy. And then gaslighters also wear you down over time. So they count on the idea that with enough time, they can weaken your spirit, that they can break you. And they also expect that if they gradually like ramp up their manipulative behavior, you'll be like the frog in the boiling water. And if you're not familiar with the anecdote, basically what it is, is you have a frog and you have two pots of water. One pot of water is already boiling. Now, if you throw the frog in that pot, the frog automatically jumps out because, hi, it's hot. But if you put a frog in the pot of water that is not boiling, that is cool, but you turn on that stovetop and you gradually start to heat it up, the frog actually will die in that boiling water because it won't get out because it just becomes sort of used to the environment. And even though it's getting so hot that it's basically killing them, they won't get out of the water. And so that's really what it is, is they, they wear you down over time. Another thing that gaslighters do is that they habitually lie. And if they get caught, They'll deny it and they'll make you feel like you're losing your mind. And again, this just sort of helps them make you dependent on their version of reality. And because they lie so frequently, something that you can do is that pay more attention to what gaslighters do, not what they say. Another thing is that gaslighters are terrible teasers. And when we say terrible, what we really mean is like mean or cruel. And usually these things start off small and when the two of you are alone, but ramps up over time and begins to happen in front of other people. And it's, you know, humiliating. And when you tell them that it bothers you, they just complain that you're too sensitive. And even if you request them to stop doing it, they don't stop doing it. And then their compliments aren't really compliments. So they're very good at giving out what Dr. Moulton Sarkis calls complisults, um, which isn't a real word, but a combination of compliments and insults. And it's usually backhanded or passive aggressive. So again, with the weight thing, like, hey, that's a great shirt, but it'll look even better when you lose some weight. So like, oh, you think it's going to be good because they're saying you look nice in the shirt, but then they're like, oh, but you could be better. So that's not really a compliment. Another thing they do is they project their emotions because gaslighters might have a poor sense of their own emotions and actions, and they have no idea that they're projecting onto someone else. So this might show up by like accusing someone of using drugs when they're in fact the ones who are actually using drugs. Another tactic that they do is they isolate you. And this is very common in issues of, you know, sexual violence, dating violence, domestic violence. They want you totally dependent on them. So they'll tell you, you know, that your family and friends are bad influences or you don't seem happy when you're around them, that they feel uncomfortable at your family gatherings. So they don't go hoping that you'll stay with them rather than go to the gathering and have that uncomfortable conversation of why they're not there. So basically, they'll just slowly draw you away from your support network. And the more they isolate you, the more susceptible they are, you are to their control. 
Another thing they might do is use what's called flying monkeys, kind of like from The Wizard of Oz, but it's basically sending messages through other people, especially when you're trying to cut off contact with them. So they might have like mutual friends reach out or their family members reach out and be like, oh, really, you need to talk to Johnny again. He misses you so much. And that could be that could be really tough. Another thing they do is that they tell others that you are crazy. I think that's fairly straightforward. They also don't keep promises. So this is particularly tough if the person that is the gaslighter in your life is like your supervisor at work. So in the workplace, if your supervisor uh, does exhibit these behaviors, make sure to get any promises that they say in writing. So it's always good to have that documented. Another thing that gaslighters require is loyalty. Like it's Loyalty is required, but it's not reciprocal. So they expect you to be completely faithful to them. But gaslighters are actually fairly notorious for compulsive infidelity. So if it's a romantic relationship, they'll have, you know, multiple other partners. Folks who are gaslighters also tend to kick people when they're down because they get sick pleasure from watching other people suffer. And similar to just avoiding responsibility, they avoid admitting problems that they've caused. And then they also do something called the bait and switch. So this is a classic manipulation tactic. Basically, you bring someone in by promising them one thing and then switch it on them once they've accepted. So you might see that in the workforce where they're like, hey, do you want to take on this new special project, you know, with the potential for you to earn more? But then you, so you say, yeah, that sounds awesome. But then once you learn more about the project, it's like, well, actually, like, it's just more work because someone quit and weren't actually not going to compensate you anymore. So that's that would be an example of the bait and switch. So the list is is quite extensive, and but you might not see all of the behaviors, but you'll see a good amount of them, and a lot of them are sort of interrelated. And remember, they're going to be consistent and persistent, consistent and persistent. These aren't things that will happen once and that's it, you know, they all show their true colors eventually. So what can you do? I mean, the entire book that Dr. Moulton Sarkis writes is really talking about how to combat these types of behaviors, an oversimplified answer is run. Run as fast and as far away as you can. But the thing is, you can't always run, especially if, you know, the gaslighter is in your work situation and maybe you can't quit your job or get a new job because you need the money, which is very possible. And so, If you can't run, something that you can do is always have a witness. So make sure that there's a third person there who can corroborate with your story. Get as many things in writing. That's particularly useful in the workplace. So things like in emails or memos or things like that. So just make sure that you are documenting as much as you can. So document, document, document to back up your side of the story. And after hearing all of these different characteristics of a gaslighter, you know, whether it's in a romantic relationship or a friendship, you know, it's love and loyalty are legitimately like very powerful things. But if people that you've known and trusted for a long time, especially, you know, if you're really close with your parents or your siblings or your best friend, um, And these folks are telling you like, hey, this person is no good. This is what they're doing. This is what they're saying. Like, at least be open enough to listen to them and reflect on all of these different characteristics, you know, and 
see if you've witnessed them by, you know, by someone in your life. And hopefully then that will trigger your own aha moment and you can sort of extricate yourself from that bad situation. Okay, well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Wellbeing Wednesdays. Really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen. Hoping you, hoping you learned a little something about gaslighting and recognizing it and then getting away from it in your own life. But until next time, I will catch you later. Wellbeing Wednesdays. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.